And that's the primary reason why people do it in investments or in any other business operation that they want to want to create. It's the, the primary function why you go through the hassle of creating a limited liability uh, company with the Secretary of State is that liability firewall. You found the Real Estate Law Podcast because real estate is more than just pretty pictures and law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. If you're a real estate professional or looking to build real estate expertise, then welcome to the conversation and discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. It's the Real Estate Law Podcast, and I'm Jason Muth, once again here with attorney broker Rory Gill from Next Home Title Town Real Estate in Boston and Urban Village Legal, also in Boston. Hey, Rory. Hey, Jason. How are you doing? We're doing great. We have an excellent topic today. It is a little bit more leaning on the legal side since it is a real estate law podcast. So uh, it makes sense that we dip our toe into both sides of, uh, of our name. And, uh, and you prepared this as a topic that you said uh, comes up a lot, but isn't it's, and it's something that a lot of uh, uh, novices or newcomers might be asking. You know, I certainly have asked this question recently as well because we actually just did this. And, and you probably have uh, a lot of thoughts into setting up an LLC, whether or not it's a good idea or not. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and you know, there might be some instances where having an LLC protects you, where it's a really good idea. Uh, there might be some where it's just entirely unnecessary and additional paperwork. So you certainly can uh, help sort out when and where and why and all the fun things about setting up an LLC for our investments. I wanted to address this point. As you said, we get asked this question a ton. I see this on uh, real estate forums a lot. People are asking this question a lot. Should we create an LLC or what kind of LLC should we set up for our investments? And my point to kick things off is it's not as important of a question as you would think. Your investment strategy is way more important than what you want to do. And part of my concern in putting that out there is I don't want this to be a reason why people sit back and relax while they debate whether or not they should have an LLC. This is something you can always change later on, you can implement later on, or even get rid of later on. I think this might be a stalling tactic for some people when they when they want to get in and get in uh, to start investing, and then they freeze on whether or not they should get a, an LLC or a corporation or some entity before they get going. I think the question's not super important. It is worth answering. And that's what we're doing on the podcast here. And I'll kind of walk through my thoughts on what are the advantages, disadvantages, and other strategies that you can use um, for your investment properties. Now, first, we should probably start and, and explain what an LLC is, because not everyone knows what an LLC is, but LLC stands for Limited Liability Corporation. Did I get that no, right? no. Oh, it is a limit. An LLC is not a corporation. That's another type of business entity. An LLC is a limited liability company. Company. Um, yep. All right. And that makes a big difference, huh? It is because a corporation and an LLC are two uh, different, similar but different types of entities. An LLC is not something that is uniformly understood across the country. It's an instrument of state law. So what exactly an LLC is going to differ a lot state to state. We'll talk generally enough about what that means um, across states, but it's um, a type of distinct business entity that you create, and then you can decide whether you're going to have a tax as an unincorporated partnership or as a corporation or as a you know S chapter corporation. But those are um, 
that's different. So when you think about federal law, there are corporations and everything else. Um, this is in that everything else category, and it's an instrument of state law, varies very much state to state, but it is a limited liability company. So it varies state to state. If, if we set up an LLC here in Massachusetts, uh, that would be different from an LLC in New Hampshire? The rules are going to be a little bit different about what you need to get, um, get the, have them get started, what you need to do to maintain it going forward, and how exactly it benefits you. And another big practical consideration is the cost. The cost of an LLC is going to uh, differ pretty dramatically state to state. Here in Massachusetts, it's one of the more expensive states to, to set up and maintain an LLC. It's currently $520 per year. Um, New Hampshire, for example, is $100 plus a small fee per year to do. So there's a pretty dramatic difference in just in cost in setting it up and in complexity. Though both, states, though both of these states can be done online. Right. Um, and we actually just set up an LLC in New Hampshire, correct? We did. So, you know, that under, underlies a different point too. I'm saying that this is not, you know, something that you have to jump into, or this is any sort of prerequisite to do real estate investing. We've been doing investing now for several years, and this is the first time we've ever actually created an LLC where it made sense for us to do it along the way. So, you know, if you're, if you're a new real estate investor, this is not a prerequisite. This is not important. In fact, you're probably not going to need one of these um, for a number of years until you have the right type of investment where it fits. Yeah, and we'll we'll get a little bit more into the LLC that we set up in New Hampshire in future episodes uh, once we get that thing off the ground. But why don't we just start a little bit with explaining what some of the advantages and disadvantages of going forward with setting up an LLC would be? So what are some sure. of the positives? Like why would somebody need to do this as a real estate investor? So, you know, you're, what you're creating is a, a company that's separate and distinct from yourself. So this creates a, a bit of a firewall between your personal life, your personal assets, your personal obligations, your personal credit, and those are the business that you're, that you're setting up. So I actually find that the, um, one of the best benefits is actually just mental. It actually creates um, a bit of a, a a dividing line that helps you keep organized for both things so that you don't just think of the business and the investment as personal slush fund where you can take and uh, give money at leisure. It's, it's an investment that you're going to run as a company and you'll, if done right, you'll be able to see if it's making money, losing money without it getting clouded up in your personal checking account. Um, so that's one of the one of the key advantages there is just kind of mental it creates a dividing line there, but it also creates a legal dividing line between your personal assets and your business assets. And what the limited liability component is is it protects your your personal assets and your other your unrelated business assets from liability related to that investment and debt related to that um, particular investment. So if you you know, have a trip and fall or somebody sues you related to the investment that you're creating, everything about that investment is at risk, but they can't reach beyond that into your own personal um, accounts or even reach your other investments um, that are walled off. So it creates that limited liability wall um, that is going to help you sleep better at night. Mm -hmm. Literally in your home that can't be touched because you have an LLC with your investment property. 
Right. So it's going to, yeah, so it's going to create that, that barrier. And that's the primary reason why people do it in investments or in any other business operation that they want to want to create. It's the, the primary function why you go through the hassle of creating a limited liability uh, company with a secretary of state is that liability firewall. Is this something that you'll see a lot of real estate uh, developers doing for each project that they do? Absolutely. It would make no in that context, I can't imagine them not creating a limited liability company or corporation. That choice of entity is a little bit more complicated. But why I'm not featuring that in this podcast and why I'm not jumping too much into corporations is we're talking about real estate investments here. And those are largely um, passive income related. So if you're going to buy and hold something, the limited liability company is going to, going to be a little bit more flexible for you. Corporations can be a bit more complex um, in, main, in maintaining, and you're not going to get an added tax benefit in most cases for passive income. If you're creating a real estate brokerage, if you're creating property management company, something that generates active working income, then we could have a longer conversation about the choice of entities because a corporation or an escort might suit you very well um, in those situations. But here we're talking about passive income-driven real estate investments. And that's why we're confining this conversation to LLCs. So what if there was uh, somebody listening to this podcast who, who might be getting into real estate investing? And uh, let's say that she is moving out of her condo, uh, moving in with a significant other, and they want to, want to keep the condo and then rent it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a situation where the condo is in her name because uh, assuming there's a mortgage on it and they're moving into another place and now there's going to be renters in that first place. So she wouldn't have an LLC for that property, right? Most likely not because we're going to run into a couple of problems here. You know, one of the key disadvantages of an LLC is that most of your existing lenders, if it's already in your personal name are not going to allow the transfer into an LLC. They might, it doesn't hurt to ask, but a lot of if you a lot of those lenders are not going to allow it, and if you did it anyway, the lender would actually have the right to call the loan at that point because you've now transferred it, you've sold the property from yourself to your LLC, and the whole mortgage loan becomes due upon sale in most cases. So, right. you know, for those a lot of those personal assets, a lot of those people who are accidental landlords or house hackers, they're going to end up with a trail of properties that are in their name, and that's okay because the loans that help them get into those properties were personal loans, not commercial loans directed toward companies. So somebody who is like kind of the classic house hacker starting um, in their you know mid-20s or so, buys a property, rents out the bedrooms, move in, they move out, move into another property, do the same thing. Maybe they eventually move into multifamily. Each time they're moving somewhere, they are they are going to live there. So they're taking the loan out in their own name, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the one of the benefits of house hacking is that you can apply for and qualify for loans that are meant for owner occupants. Those are going to be by the very nature in your personal name. Getting an LLC here just doesn't make sense to hold title to those homes. Um, Then we start looking at other ways to protect your assets and your investments. Um, But the LLC is probably not for that profile of person. So for that person, at, and let's say they've done four or five places, okay, now they have a trail of f- five properties. They're living in property number five. They have renters and properties one through four. They're all going to be in that person's name. And you could, I guess, could you put them in an LLC together and you have to restructure all the loans? Do you refinance them or do you just leave them be in that situation? So- 
so at that point, at, at the you know, if a very successful house hacker has a trail of properties behind them, um, and they're considering moving it into an LLC, they could consider getting a you know portfolio loan on those properties. Again, that's going to be an whether that makes sense is going to depend on a case by case basis. Those investor loans may not have the same lower rates and beneficial terms that they got in the first place when they were the owner occupant. So, you don't want to incur too much extra cost or extra interest um, because the, the the genius of house hacking is that you're using lower cost loans meant for homeowners uh, to build your portfolio. Right. Okay, so let's say that after a couple properties, uh, house hacking, you know, let's say three. Okay, so uh, you know, the the woman in the first example, uh, she's moved out and they're in another place. Then they move out of that place and they're in a third place. All right, forget if it's in one person's name or two people's names. Mm-hmm. So now there's three places. The first two are now being rented out. Now they want to say, hey, listen, uh, we want to buy an investment property like that we don't intend to move into. That's going to be property number four. Would you suggest that that property number four should go into an LLC because it could? What do you think there? It depends on the loan products that are offered at that, at that point. You know, when you're purchasing a property in an LLC, you're now getting a commercial loan, which may make sense. Um, the advantage of the commercial loans also, they're, they're not going to lean as heavily on your personal credit. They're going to look at the, um, the income of the property, not necessarily your personal debt to income ratio. And that actually makes sense for a lot of investors who have kind of exhausted the, their personal allowance of loans from, from banks. So whether you hit the four loan uh, maximum, the 10 loan maximum, or if you're just the properties you've had have kind of reached the end of your debt to income and your personal ledger, these commercial loans make sense. And in these cases, you're, since you're using commercial products anyway, getting the LLC makes perfect sense because this is a true investment. You're not you're acquiring this asset based on the performance of the asset itself. You're paying a bit higher uh, costs for the loan, interest for the loan, uh, but you're creating an LLC. That, you know, that is why we've created our first LLC along the way, um, because we've we've hit that point with our investments where this is actually what makes more sense. But for the investor just getting started or using house hacking or personal loans, it just is not. Yeah. I mean, someone who's going to buy a 18 unit building or 50 unit building or something. I mean, that whether it's LLC or corporation, they're not doing that in their personal with their personal credit or anything on the way, right? No, no. And I mean, you know, the other kind of definition that they have for you know commercial versus personal loans is traditionally whether a building is four units or less or five units or more. So in a larger building, five units or more, you're rarely ever going to buy a 20 unit apartment building in your own personal name. At that point, you're definitely using um, commercial products and you're invested in the LLC. The only kind of gray area are the smaller homes that um, that double as your residence or your second home or your vacation home. Right. So we're talking to attorney Rory Gill. We're talking about LLCs uh, in this episode of the Real Estate Law Podcast. Uh, what are some other advantages of having an LLC uh, before we get over to some of the, the drawbacks? Yeah. So you, when you have an LLC or a corporate entity, you are, you at least have the possibility of taking out debt that is that you're not personally guaranteeing um, or doesn't show up in your personal credit report. Um, for you know, most of the you know even small scale investors, whether or not they're doing commercial, whether or not they have an LLC, those loans are going to require some sort of personal guarantee. 
So, you know, that, that can always reach through the LLC will not protect you against that. Same thing if you're opening up um, a credit card or some kind of line of credit for the property, there is likely going to be a personal guarantee attached. But there are still in ultimately some loan products that you can get that um, where the liability is going to attach on the property itself. Utility bills will actually attach to the property itself and not to you personally. So you are creating a bit of another bit of a debt firewall there. When I say a couple other debts may not show up in your personal credit report, some credit card companies will not report the LLC's credit card to your personal credit report unless there is um, a delinquency or something like that. That way you can um, keep those credit cards kind of to the side so they don't mess up your credit utilization rate for your personal credit. And then, you know, another important thing about the LLC is not necessarily um, how it protects you from outsiders. If you're working with other people and investing with other people, creating the LLC is going to force you to have the conversation and come up with an LLC operating agreement where um, you know, a lot of things are addressed in advance. What happens if one partner wants out? What happens if more money is needed to keep the investment alive? What happens if one partner dies? What happens if one partner declares bankruptcy? All, th all these things are addressed in the operating agreement. And when you create the LLC, it sort of forces you to have that conversation or at least set up those rules to protect you from not just the people outside of the, the investment, but your partners as well. So what about some of the drawbacks about setting up an LLC? Like, you know, beyond just the complexity of everything you've talked about so far, understanding all this, you know, any paperwork and, and fees uh, and recurring fees, uh, you know, th those are some obvious things. But, you know, there's also some other reasons as to why a real estate investor, or at least a small real estate investor, might not want to be setting up an LLC for an investment property. What, what are some of those? I mean, I do want to gloss over some of those other ones. Again, there are the fees to keep in mind. So if there's only a marginal difference, that annual fee could actually determine whether it makes sense for you to do it or not. Um, just the creation of paperwork up front can deter you to do it if really there is not, you don't stand to gain much in the way of it. And then a lot of these, you know, hypothetical benefits um, don't apply if you, you know, if you have these debts that you've assigned a personal guarantee for anyway, that, that benefit doesn't really help you out. And you know, while it's much easier than a corporation, an LLC still needs to be managed appropriately in order for you to keep the benefits of an LLC. By that, I mean you can't transfer all the money out of the LLC into your personal account and then declare bankruptcy the next day. You have to keep the LLC somewhat capitalized. Otherwise, once you're too casual about money coming in or out of the entity, a potential lawsuit could actually just reach into your personal account with the understanding that if you're just moving money back and forth, there really is no separation. So why should the courts honor a separation between the businesses? There's ongoing work to, to maintain it. Um, but, you know, I also think whether or not you have an LLC, having that discipline of, you know, accounting um, and finances uh, is, is helpful anyway. But you want to be keep in mind that some of these benefits aren't foolproof and you do need to keep up with it. Is there a limit to the number of LLCs that an individual can open? No. And then what is the person? So when you open an LLC, mm -hmm. the person that, cause I have a couple, I, th you, I don't know you, this is, this was what's great is that I just keep asking you to do this stuff or you tell me I have to do it. And, and then you open these things up for me. Um, but I am what a sole proprietor for one of them. 
So a sole proprietor is a different type of um, business. In fact, that's a, that's a, not having a business at all. Is a, you're a sole proprietor. So that's so, an actual so what, what, key what term. What am I in that, oh, the, the other LLC? The sole you're a sole, a sole member. Um, sole L- member. Okay. So yep. the sole member of an LLC. Do you find that a lot of real estate investors might be the sole member of a number of different LLCs, all with different names that all file their own taxes or what have you? Yes. So, you know, in a sole, an advantage of having a sole member LLC in most circumstances is that LLC is not going to have to file its own taxes. Everything that the LLC does is going to land on your personal taxes, making it a little bit simpler um, in the long run um, to, to keep it going. But it still provides the same benefits. Right. I've also been involved with LLCs where I'm not the sole member. And that does get to be a little murky because, you know, if you're not in charge of the paperwork or if there's problems along the way, you know, we've, we've had documents not sent to us. We've had them sent to us with wrong information on them. Like, you know, it's just a little sloppy, but you know, it just, it, it complicates things when those things are needed. Well, what you're also talking about there, some of the complications of the LLC are actually an advantage to it. Whereas if you have other kind of business entities, one person owns a certain percentage. And whenever there's a profit, it has to go out on a percentage basis. That's the rule for S-Corps. But with an LLC, you can come up with really custom arrangements that pay people out at different rates and in different circumstances. Um, And that's kind of the brilliance of it, especially in these larger projects where you maybe have some passive investors who are not responsible or are involved in the day-to-day work. You have other people who maybe bring less to the table, but they're more active on a a day-to-day basis. You can come up with um, these payout arrangements in advance that are flexible, that reward different parts of the the project and different parts of the partnership. Okay. So what about some other uh, things that can be done besides having an LLC, you know, somebody could hold property in their name, somebody could hold it in an LLC, as we've discussed some of the advantages and disadvantages of doing that. There are some things that can be done alongside opening an LLC or not, or there are some other ways that you can set up um, a company or corporation, whichever term I guess is, is most appropriate in whatever the setting is. So the one thing you can do if you're in a situation where you can't or you shouldn't create an LLC, you can set things up and almost pretend as if you have an LLC. And by that, I mean, you know, even if it's in your own personal name, it was a house hack that you lived in two years ago and you've moved out and you've just, it, it's still in your, uh, still in your ownership, but you want to run it like a business, maybe as simple as creating an, your own bank account for it and you know, treating it like an LLC, even if it's not legally that, that way you can run it like a business, you can keep it capitalized, you can keep a reserve fund just for that property. And you can tell in a much easier sense whether or not it's profitable or if it's cash flow negative. Um, If you have to keep transferring money from your personal checking account into that that property's account that tells you that you're running on a cash flow negative basis and there's a problem. But if you just share that with your personal checking account and everything came in and out, you may not realize or really feel the um, the cash flow negative nature of that particular investment or um, understand its, its profitability. So one thing to do is just pretend as if you have an LLC, um, if you really just kind of want to professionalize it, professionalize your investments. Another important thing that, you know, 
even if you have an LLC, you may want to consider getting an umbrella insurance policy or just being well insured for the situation. So if that situation arises where you have the trip and fall and somebody sues you, you at least have insurance for it. And that's the insurance is going to do the same thing for your personal assets as a limited liability company would. It's going to shield you and protect you and help you out. So another alternative is instead of getting the LLC, just get good insurance. And if you have multiple properties and a good amount of personal assets, look at an umbrella policy. And you could you could take out an umbrella policy at various levels. It just costs more money the more insurance you need. Yep. You know, but also you know, the same the investor that's going to have multiple LLCs is also going to be the same person who's probably going to have an umbrella policy of their own too. I actually saw an article about umbrella policies, which um, I think we're going to include in one of the uh, newsletters we're going to send out for the networking group network to grow your net worth, where there's been such a great run up. Uh, in property values uh, over the past couple of years. Um, and, you know, I know that we're still in a pandemic right now, uh, but the stock market has just, you know, continues hitting record highs. Real estate is doing very well. Uh, people's People who are fortunate enough to have invested, uh, whether it's in the market or in real estate, might be finding that their net worth is a little bit higher than it was a couple of years ago, which is kind of the, the point of all this, at least you know people that are trying to be financially sound. And their umbrella policies might not be high enough at this point, you know, because maybe you took it out for a million dollars of coverage a number of years ago. But now if you've added on investment properties or your things, what you own is worth more, you actually might want to talk to an insurance agent and uh, make sure that you have enough coverage. And, and that's definitely something that uh, we should look into. That's exactly the right strategy. Keep up, keep up with those and keep growing with those as your, as your portfolio and your needs grow. Um, and then another thing I wanted to point out that's kind of an alternative. I mentioned one of the big event advantages of an LLC is that it forces you to have a conversation with your partners and putting together an operating agreement that makes sense. Um, you know, in case of all these contingencies, bankruptcy, death, somebody wants to get bought out. You can still do that outside of an LLC. It's called a partnership agreement. You're forming a partnership. You can still have a very similar agreement with the partners, um, even if you don't create the LLC. And that's something I always encourage everybody to do, regardless of how you're acquiring assets, if you're going to be a co-owner with somebody. That having the, you know, having the conversation about all those eventualities, you're not saying that your partner is going to go bankrupt. You're not expressing fear that you're going to have a falling out with them. But it actually just forces you to have the conversation about what your expectations are um, as a, you know, as a partnership in an investment. Um, and if there is a disagreement, you figure it out early, you address it early, um, and you can move forward instead of just waiting for that, that problematic occurrence to come out. So you don't need to have, just do that only in the LLC context. You can do it outside of it um, in a partnership agreement. There's another alternative that uh, you know you sent over some of the notes that we put, put together for this, uh, and you mentioned a management entity instead of title holding entity. Like, tell me more about that. So that's a more advanced approach um, that you could you can come up with there. You know, we're talking about whether or not you should have a property um, be the owner. Uh, you know, have an LLC be the owner of certain properties that you have. Sometimes if you have multiple properties, whether in LLCs or in your personal name, you might end up with a portfolio large enough that you have to come up with um, that you're that you might want to actually report some more active income as part of this endeavor. Um, that's a longer conversation to have with somebody, an investment strategist, an accountant, or even just a, a retirement specialist. 
Um, but you may want to create an entity that doesn't necessarily own any particular properties, but that is the management managing entity of all of all or most of your properties. So you're, you know, you're a property manager um, of the, the properties that you own and you each of those properties will actually pay your management company, which will in turn pay you for your services as a manager. That's a bit more um, is a, of an advanced approach, but you can create the LLC not for the purpose of owning it, but for the purpose of managing it. And that's um, a little bit more in the way of active income, but that's an advanced strategy that um, some people will use um, when their, when their portfolio gets large enough. This is this is one of those discussions that you know everyone likes talking about real estate these days. Uh, well, not everyone, but some people like talking about real estate. And if they know that they're in a room with someone who talks real estate a lot, either they're going to love it or they're going to hate that person. Uh, but this is like why you don't invite like you know attorneys to cocktail parties. I mean, you just get into these like really heavy legal conversations. And uh, you know, if if you're still listening. Thank you for continuing to listen to this episode because we got really heavy into some of these uh, reasons as to why you should have an LLC or not. Certainly could tell that you knew your stuff there because I barely followed half of that, but that's why we have you. And I just say, hey, Rory, can you take care of this? But not everyone has a Rory that can take care of it. So you might have to take care of this stuff yourself. But you know, we, we hope this is certainly information that was helpful to you, the listener, during well, this episode. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I'll go back to where I started this. This is not the most important thing that you need to be thinking about as an investor. Your strategy, finding the right properties, coming up with the right approach, finding the right lenders, that's way more important than what entity that you have. This is a con- this is an important conversation, that, but this is not, you know, and this could save you money for tax purposes. This could save you from trouble in the future, so it's worth having. But don't let everything we discussed in this past half hour delay you at all from from getting into doing the actual work um you know important conversation to have maybe you listen to this on the treadmill you're multitasking <laughs> but this is don't let this be a, a reason to procrastinate um right god is it been a half hour about this wow you think i talk a lot oh it's um but you know we get this asked all the time this shows up in all the different forums and yeah you know, I've had to to answer this a bunch. And one of our agents here, our broker associate here is a, is a tax professional and he can talk for hours and hours about all this stuff uh, of, of this too. But, you know, this is what we help our clients with. Um, but again, this is a secondary issue. Yes. Well, if you're listening to this and, and you need more information about it, you know, you could reach out to Rory at uh, Rory at nexthometitletown.com, right? Yep. Yep or Rory at urbanvillagelegal.com. If you'd like to be a guest on this podcast, um, you could reach out to me directly. Uh, I'm at Jason at nexthometitletown.com or you can reach us on Instagram if you go to our Instagram handle, which is nexthometitletown real estate. And we'd love to have you on a guest. We could talk about LLCs. We talk about anything on your mind. That's going to be something that we look forward to doing in the future. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we look forward to uh, future episodes where you will give us uh, a thumbs up and a great comment uh, because it certainly helps with the algorithm. Uh, we also love reviews on iTunes and Google Play. I know we've been getting a couple new ones recently, which is pretty cool. Um, and beyond that, uh, what else you got, Rory? That's Let's put a bow on it, right? I'm looking forward to ha- you know having more conversations with other people so I don't you know exhaust our listeners with uh, the details of operating LLCs. That's cool. where we're heading, yes. That, that's where we're going. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, it really means a lot to us if you've stuck through this entire episode, and we appreciate your listening to all the episodes that we're posting. 
Um, and thanks for all the great feedback. We've been hearing from a lot of people either out and about or via email uh, that you're getting a kick out of some of these episodes. So we certainly appreciate that. It keeps us going. So this is Rory Gill. I'm Jason Muth uh, for the Real Estate Law Podcast. See ya. See ya. This has been the Real Estate Law Podcast. Because real estate is more than just pretty pictures and law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. We're powered by Next Home Title Town, Greater Boston's progressive real estate brokerage. More at nexthometitletown.com. And Urban Village Legal, Massachusetts Real Estate Council, serving savvy property owners, lenders, and investors. More at urbanvillagelegal.com. Today's conversation was not legal advice, but we hope you found it entertaining and informative. Discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. Thank you for listening.